We have talked about all sorts of ways to improve hearing him. We talked about the way he speaks so that we could recognize manifestations from him. We talked about rules of revelation. Then we've begun to realize, but there's a lot of connections here that determine revelation here. So sometimes I let tears in that harm me and removing those tears will help me hear him better. Sometimes I don't let wheat in, that letting them in wood, like temple and scripture and prophets. Sometimes those are the wheat that we keep at a distance. Sometimes we keep Jesus himself at a distance. Sometimes we see ourselves as a tear, and yet embracing who we really were would really open us up for revelation. We've talked about a lot of those little techniques. So I thought I want to throw two in that the scriptures specifically state that we often don't think as sources of understanding Heavenly Father and learning to hear Him better. Let me point out that there is a source that sometimes goes untapped for understanding who He is and hearing him better. Let me introduce it with Paul. If you'll go to Acts chapter 17, Paul is now in Athens, Greece. Now, I think you've all studied Greek mythology, and you know what kind of gods the Greeks would worship, and they would have temples to all these different gods, and they were a pretty superstitious people, and they didn't want to miss out on anyone. They didn't want there to be a God that they forgot. And so they built monuments to their gods. And Paul is kind of walking around and seeing all of these monuments. Notice in verse 15, he's in Athens at the heart of Greek mythology. And he kind of sees what they're doing. And I think this is a compliment. I don't think he meant this as an instant. In insult. Verse 22, then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill that had all the monuments to the gods. Ye men of Athens, I perceive in all things you are too superstitious. I don't think that was translated ex exactly well. I don't think a missionary would go in and be insulting. That's not how you do missionary work, right? You don't have very many converts if you walk in and say, you guys are really stupid. So I don't think that came across. I think he was just observant that, okay, you guys are trying to please all the things that you perceive as the, our gods. And then he says in verse 23, As I passed by, I beheld your devotions, and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. They were so worried that there was a God that they weren't honoring, that they built a monument, to the unknown God, and that's where they would honor that God, just in case we missed one. Then Paul says, whom, ye, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. Let me tell you about the God you're missing. Let me tell you about our Heavenly Father. And let me help you find him. Now, before we read what he says next, let me, have you ever played hide and go seek with a child? What's the whole point of the game for a child? The whole point of the game is to be found. So where do children hide? 
when they play hide and go seek? You're smiling, Hiram. Where do children hide? Um, in places that are kind of obvious. Yeah, in obvious places. And they stick their head out or their finger out or something. And as soon as you get close, tell me what a child does. He pops out and says, here I am. The child, the whole point of the game for the child is I want to be found. It's no fun if I'm not found. All right, have you ever played hide and go seek with adults? What's the whole point of the game? To not be found. For an adult, the game is no fun if you quick find me quickly. So the question does God hide like a child or an adult? Now, I've heard scientists who have said, you know, if there is a God, I can't find him. They think God hides like an adult where he doesn't want to be found. That if you do discover God, you're going to find him in some secret corner. It is my testimony to all of you. God plays hide-and-go-seek like a child. Our Heavenly Father wants to be found. He places Himself in the most obvious place. And I would say, yes, He is in the earth and He is in the cosmos. He is in cells. He is in nature. He is everywhere. But He has placed Himself in the most obvious place. And so Paul says, verse 27, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. In other words, God hides like a child. He's not far away. He's not hard to find. It, it is my testimony that the only people who don't find God are covering their eyes and plugging their ears. They don't want to find it, but God hides in the most obvious places. He wants to be found. Let me read that verse again, 27, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. Now, notice the end of the verse ends in a colon, meaning this is where you find him. This is the obvious place and he's not very far and he's easy to find if you just open your eyes and look. Now, allow me to personalize this because, yes, I believe he's speaking to the atheist and he's speaking to the, you know, everyone. He's speaking to the polytheist in Greece. And I think he's saying, look, Heavenly Father is not hard to find. The real Heavenly Father is not hard to find. But now let me push this. I think he's speaking to Latter-day Saints who are not seeing him in one of the most obvious places to look. So notice the, the colon. He be not far from every one of us, verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. 
Where do you find God? Where's the obvious place that you find the attributes and the character and the personality and his nature? Find God in ourselves and in each other. We are his children. Now, do you think if you guys met my kids, you'd know something about the Dunford family? Would the way my children acted and talked and lived be a pretty good indication as to what I was like as a parent? Do you think you could tell a great deal about me if you were to meet one of my children and talk to them? Now, why is it that somehow we disconnect all the positive and good we see in the world with Heavenly Father? Now, this is where we've got to be careful because every human being has within them the natural man. And the natural man is an enemy to God. So you need to be careful that you distinguish that behavior is not like Heavenly Father, but that behavior is. When you see the best in his children, you are seeing him. Now, let me, tell, let me just point out a couple ways that I think that doctrine needs to resonate in our souls. I'm teaching a class like I did in this class where we talked about sometimes Jesus, we keep at a distance. Remember that discussion that sometimes even Jesus, we're, we're afraid of him. We love him and we're terrified of him. We're terrified of him because he knows everything that I've ever done that's wrong. If anyone is disappointed in me, it's him. So I'm kind of teaching that same concept to another class. <clears throat> and I'm saying, why is it that we're afraid of him? And someone boldly raised their hand and said, I'll tell you exactly why. I know he can save me. I just don't know why he ever would. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever kind of had that moment where I don't know why God would save me. And then this lesson, this thought came into my head that God manifests himself through his children. And so I asked that student, is there anyone in your life that you know, that you suspect, if they had the power, they would save you? Is there anyone that loves you to the point where they would save? And he said, yes. And I asked the whole class, does everyone have someone in their life that you think loves you enough that they, if they had the power, would save you? Yeah, I do. Hiram, do you? Is there someone in your life that you honestly think if they had the power would in fact save you? Yeah. Do you have someone that loves you that much? Dion, how about you? Is there someone in your life that loves you to the point where if they had the power, they would save you. Absolutely. And I went around the class and everyone said, yeah, I know someone who loves me to that point. And then, do you see the point I was trying to make? If you feel that love from someone here on earth, why then is it so hard to make the connection that he loves me that much. 
And the whole idea I, I think we need to learn is that the very best in all of us is showing us what kind of person Heavenly Father is. He, his fingerprints are all over us. And if we can come to know the goodness of people, then we, are having, we have a, high, a front row seat to the goodness of God. So, if you're willing, and it's fine if you don't want to, but if you're willing, I'd love every one of you to share. Here is an absolutely astounding thing I saw in another human being. Here is the best of human beings that I have witnessed. Tell me your best of human being story. Now, the second thing that what we're going to do simultaneously as you tell those stories, we're going to say that is a testimony to you of what kind of being Heavenly Father is. He is showing you in his own children, the best in all of us is an attribute of Heavenly Father. Now, let me tell you about my wife. I don't know anyone who loves more deeply or more powerfully than my wife does. And watching her with her children and even with children in general. Watching her when Easter comes and I want to get my kids a gift or their birthday comes around. My wife and I joke that we never spend any money on ourselves because guess where all our money goes? My wife will, is so quick to buy someone's favorite treat because she knows they would love that. She'll be in the store and she'll see some, oh, Corbin would love those, and so she'll buy it. Oh, you know, Logan would love that, and so she'll buy it. And she is constantly coming home and saying, hey, I got you something, I bought you a treat, for no other reason than to just say, I love you, I care about you, and I knew you would like this. I want you to have this. And every time she does that, do you know what she says to me? that I have a heavenly father who knows what I love and is wanting to give it to me. He is wanting to bless me the thing, with the things that he knows I would appreciate. I've seen him in my wife constantly. Now, if I don't make that connection, if I don't see her goodness and all of a sudden say, wait a minute, that's exactly what Heavenly Father is doing for me. I've missed an opportunity to know Him and hear Him and connect with Him. Do you see how we often miss this? We don't make the connection that what we're seeing in each other, in the very best of us, are the attributes of Heavenly Father. All right. Who wants to share us? What have you seen? The best of human, whether that's love or forgiveness or kindness or selflessness. Show me an example of the best you've seen in human beings. Anyone want to go? I do, Will. All right, Alicia, Alicia, let's hear yours. I have forgiven my dad for sometimes being really rude and unforgiving himself 
Now think about that. I think, I think if we were all honest, we've all seen an incredible act of forgiveness. We have seen someone tragically harmed who should and could hold a grudge, who doesn't. I hope you've seen that many times. Now, I know you've also seen someone, I've seen, I know you've seen the natural man reaction, which is an enemy to God, which is holding on to the grudge. But if you've ever watched someone forgive, then you have just seen an attribute of Heavenly Father who is willing to forgive me Willing to forgive me. That's a beautiful one. I have seen incredible acts of willingness to forgive. Thank you. All right, who's got another one? Hiram, you got one? Yeah. Um, this, is, this kind of seems like a small thing from an outside perspective, but to me it means a lot. Um, so my brother, he, I was talking to him for a little while about majors in college and stuff because for the longest time um, I just could not decide what I wanted to major in and I kind of narrowed it down to a couple different things that I might want to try and so the other day he was willing to take time out of his work day and meet me for lunch and kind of talk about the different things that he knew about those fields and it was kind of an answer to my prayers it helped me decide what I wanted to major in and what kind of things I would want to go into and not only that but he offered to help me with more things moving forward to kind of start that process and so, so all, all of a sudden I have seen a human being willing to help me willing to help me take time out of their life to help me now, let me just, again, you just saw an attribute of Heavenly Father. Did you hear it? Did you see it? If this is a human being who cares enough to say, you know what? I'm going to give you some of my time. I'm going I'm to give you some of my expertise because I care and I want to bless you. Then it shouldn't be very hard to think that Heavenly Father cares and wants to bless me with his time and his expertise. Do you see the message your brother was inadvertently trying to send to you about a loving Heavenly Father? Learn to hear those messages that I have a Heavenly Father who wants to bless me. I had one student stated in a very interesting way. She says, I've always viewed my relationship with Heavenly Father as transactional. Boy, that word just really struck to me. She said, I've, I've always seen my relationship with God as transactional. I do something good, He gives me a blessing. That's how it works. I do something good, He gives me a blessing. She never saw it as willing and loving it was transactional. And yet your brother's relationship is not transactional. He didn't owe you anything. This wasn't a, well, you did this for me, so now I have to do it for you. This was a pure, how can I bless my brother, Hiram? He needs my time, he needs my expertise, and I want to give it to him. So if a brother is willing to do that, 
It shouldn't be far-fetched for us to say our Heavenly Father is willing to do that, that He wants to bless me, that His blessings aren't transactional. His blessings are freely given. He wants to. Beautiful little story. Now, do you see the divine lesson your brother just taught you? And we need to not separate the goodness of people from the goodness of God. They are testifying of our Heavenly Father. Dion, Sabrina, anything you'd want to add? phenomenal now again you just had a front row seat to God's generosity if a human being can be capable of such kind and undeserved really or un untransactional just pure goodness pure generosity I don't have to I want to if a human being is capable of that level of generosity, then what idea should be born in our head? What idea should not just Dion, but every one of us get in our head? I have an eyewitness. I have a front row seat to testify to me that if a human being can be that generous, and that human being is testifying of the abundant generosity of our Heavenly Father. It should it should resonate in our soul that the best of human beings are the attributes of God. And to have seen that level of generosity, you have seen God's generosity. I have a friend, his parents did the same thing. His parents told him he needed to pay for his mission. So he worked really hard. He earned a lot of money. He put the money in the bank account. And his, he told his parents, okay, I need you to pull it out of the bank account, give it to the bishop on a monthly, on a monthly timeline. He came home and guess what? His parents had not taken a penny out of his account, but had paid for his mission themselves. And all that money was available for him. If human beings are capable of that level of generosity, did you hear it? Did any of you hear it? The message was that our Heavenly Father is that generous. The best of us, 
the, the attributes, the best attributes in each one of us are a testimony of who He is. That God is that generous. And I hope what, that all of us, when we ever get to God, do what Dion did with that neighbor. Run up and thank Him for His generosity. That is the God that we worship. I love it. Beautiful story. Sabrina, anything you want to add? Um, I, my sister, um, like inclusive, she wants to make sure that everyone is included. She will come up with the most complicated plan to make sure that everyone is there, <laughs> that everyone can be there and participate. And you just I so loving and so kind, everyone she meets. I love that. That's such a simple example, right? And, and how many of us might be tempted to just brush that off and say, oh, my sister's so sweet. My sister's so great. And we don't make the connection that one of the great things your sister is teaching all of us is who God is. She's so concerned about making sure everyone has an opportunity and everyone's invited and everyone can and everyone knows that they're welcome. Oh, my goodness. I just learned a great lesson about my Heavenly Father. He doesn't exclude anyone. I better not. What a beautiful lesson your sister teaches. What a beautiful lesson to remember that Heavenly Father includes everyone. And that includes me. I have a seat at his table. If my sister would go to so much effort to make sure everyone felt like they had an invitation, then I can trust that Heavenly Father goes to greater efforts to make sure everyone, including me, has a seat at his table. So let me throw out an idea. I would encourage you to make a notebook on your phone called The Best of His Children or something like that. And you just get in the habit of whenever you see a human being, one of his children, do something incredible. You write it down. And as you write it down, you think to yourself, this is what Heavenly Father does. This is, I am describing my Heavenly Father. He has planted in His children the best of His qualities. And if you want to find out what kind of person He is, Gather up the very best of those qualities. Now, let me throw one more source in. I, I think you all know where I'm going in the scriptures. Do you remember when the disciples were arguing about who was greatest in the kingdom of heaven? What did Jesus do? What a silly argument. Who's greatest? Who's greatest in heaven? We, love, we have GOAT discussions all the time. Who's the greatest athlete of all time? Who's the greatest NBA player of all time? Oh my goodness, that debate goes on and on and on, right? Who's the greatest this? Who's the prettiest? Who's the, uh, I just saw an advertisement for People Magazine is gonna do the 100 most influential people on earth. And who's the greatest? When Jesus was asked that question, what did he do, Hiram? He called a child. A child. 
and said, you want to be great? You want to even get to heaven? Look at the attributes of this child. Now, there is a video circulating on social media. I hope you pause to see it, where they interview children that are ethnically different, racially different, physically different. And they ask the children who are best friends, what's the difference between you? So I want you to imagine a white child and a black child sitting next to each other. And the cameraman says, hey, what's the difference between them? And guess what the children says? Guess what the children say? Well, he likes potato chips with peanut butter on it, and I don't. That's what they saw as the difference. A black, a black child and a white child are sitting next to each other and asked, what's the difference between you? Well, he likes, peanut, he likes peanut butter on his potato chips and I don't. Now, did you just see a quality of Heavenly Father? Did you just see who he is? Um, one, one set, a girl in a wheelchair, a little girl in a wheelchair and a little girl not fit, you know, physically capable. What's the difference between you? Well, she likes to play this game and I don't. None of them saw what adults often see. Now, tell me about Heavenly Father. Tell me about Heavenly Father looking at you. A child will tell you how Heavenly Father sees. I just, I love that. You want to get to know Heavenly Father, look at the very best among us. He is everywhere. So I would invite you to develop an eye for the qualities of God that are right in front of your face. You want to know what God is like? Find Him in his children. Now, I will warn you that all of us have a natural man inside of us, which is the enemy to God. Those are not the attributes you need to attribute to God, but you'll know. It's pretty obvious. The best in all of us is like Heavenly Father. And when you begin to see all around you the qualities of Heavenly Father, there is a voice that will speak to you. You will hear Him when you start to see His qualities. I think if Hiram had seen in his brother and all of a sudden made that connection, wait a minute, this is a divine attribute. I guarantee Heavenly Father would have confirmed that. Yes, this is a divine attribute. If Sabrina had made the connection, I'm sure she did. If Sabrina had made the connection, you know what? Heavenly Father is just as concerned at including all of his children. I guarantee a confirmation voice would have said, that is correct. That is true. When we start to understand that God places himself in the most obvious place, yes, he's in the mountains. Yes, he's in biology. I saw him every day in oxidative phosphorylation. Deoxyribonucleic acid is a testimony of Heavenly Father to me. 
so is the cosmos. But I don't have to look that far into a microscope or that far into a telescope to find him. He's right here in Hiram. He's in Alicia and Dion, Sabrina. I'm going to go home and see him in my children and in my wife. I'm going to see him in my institute students. And if I were to collectively take all of the very best I see and wrap that into one human or one person, that person is Heavenly Father. It's also Jesus. It's also Heavenly Mother. It's every divine quality. So hear him in his children. Hear him by looking at the very best among us. And you will feel this sweet little voice reassuring you that yes, God is that generous. Yes, God is that forgiving. Yes, God is that desirous to bless you with the things that you need. I testify that he is in his children. Don't miss that obvious lesson. Find him in his children. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.